Okay, we are going to start this episode a little bit differently. Yeah, Eric, what yes. do you? I've noticed that we like to learn things on this podcast. We love learning things, and we'll on every we'll, podcast we'll we officially <laughs> we'll officially start the podcast <laughs> shortly. But what you what you were about to tell me before we started recording about fabric dye, and I want all of our listeners to know. So you were learning about fabric dye, and I was boning up on something that's boning. related to my boning. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I was uh, boning up on something that I that that's actually interesting to me, um, which is uh, medications and the origins of certain drug classes. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, oh. Oh, Elton John's back. Okay, mm-hmm. on the screen. Okay, Thank I'm just you. getting. I'm just getting stuff ready. Oh, he's getting stuff ready. I'll keep you, talking. You, you entertain our guests. All right. Um, well, thank thank you both of you for joining us tonight. Um. Uh, so it, the discovery of benzodiazepines was, was kind of an accident. Uh, because uh, yeah. People that this is how drug things went in the 60s and 70s. They went, um, I don't know, what's this? Oh, it makes people, it makes, it makes mice, uh, quieter, makes them less anxious. Oh, good, we have a drug. Let's put it in people next. And uh, yeah, the benzodiazepine class of medications started out with Librium. Um, now known as chlor, well, the generic name chlordiazepoxide. Uh, it's it's the first of the benzodiazepines. You may know them from um, Valium and mm. uh, yeah, such such medications. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a big class, and some of them are fast acting, some of them are slow acting, some of them stick around in your body for a long time. Librium is one of those that sticks around in your body for a long time. Uh, so when this medication was discovered in the fifties, they patented it and, um, the FDA approved it for, uh, for, for mania, for, uh, for severe depression and, uh, for alcoholism because it, it pretty much calms people down. It, it stops the... One of the things about benzodiazepines in general, wow, we're just just launching into it here. One of the things about benzodiazepines, uh, welcome to Benzo Talk. Yeah, well, benzo slamming. Yes, um, we'll, we'll we'll get to the main f- feature soon. Okay, okay, all right. People are getting gathering; they're getting the popcorn. From the right, and this yeah. is a this is a new show, so we can do yeah, uh, we, stupid we, shit like this. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> uh, but one of the things about benzodiazepines is they lower the seizure threshold. So you can use them as an anti-seizure medication. You shouldn't. They're much better anti-seizure medications these days. That immediately. Uh, yeah. Uh, but they're better than barbiturates, which were also used for uh, not seizures and also pain and also anxiety and such. Uh, so... Yeah, well, Librium, as referenced in... Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Keep going. Okay. As referenced in a song that we'll talk about soon. Um, <laughs> yes. Eventually, the second song of the album we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a long-acting sedative because it has a, a long half-life of its own. 
But once the liver gets at it, it transforms it into its active metabolite, nordiazepam. And nordiazepam has a half-life that's like days. And for people who don't know what a half-life is, it's it's the amount of time it takes your body to cut the amount of active metabolite in half. It's also, so, also nuclear stuff. Oh, yeah. Same, yeah. Same idea. How long does it take for the nuclear stuff to go half of the nuclear stuff? Mm-hmm. So it sticks around a long time. So it's 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 good for long-term psychiatric help. Uh, but yeah, if you if you abuse it, if you take too much, it can accumulate. So that's one of the risks is that if you take it too frequently, it will accumulate. It'll get to a too high level and you'll overdose. Mm. Um, definitely don't take benzodiazepines, any diazepine, any benzodiazepine, even the short-acting ones like Ativan. Don't take any of them with alcohol before swimming. Or no, don't take them before like swimming with alcohol and opiates in your your system, because uh, your chance of dying rises dramatically. Mm. Yeah, I'm a pharmacist, people. Um, I'm not. In case you haven't heard that part, Dan's not, but he also knows you shouldn't do this. Not uh, before swimming, and not ever. Yeah. But yeah, this drug works on the uh, GABA-A receptor com- complex, uh, much like alcohol. Uh, but uh, but yeah, th- this uh, drug class was fo- closely followed by Valium. Um, I mentioned diazepam, um, Ativan, all these other... Uh, gosh, there's so many different benzodiazepines for, out here, some of which are... First time for- listeners, I just want to make... We, we are going to talk about David Bowie eventually. Oh yes, this, this is a David Bowie This podcast. is entirely my fault, um, so blame me. Yeah, we should have talked about David Bowie in the first few minutes just to... Nah, that's good. For the, that's fine. The, the socials. Um, yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, there are a lot of different benzodiazepines out there. Some approved for sleeping, some approved for anxiety, and um, yeah, uh, there, there are quite a few, uh, but don't mess around with them, kids. Uh, they may be less dangerous than barbiturates like phenobarbital, but uh, they're still pretty bad. Hmm. And speaking of still pretty bad, here we go. <laughs> this is hey, great. I don't know what you're talking this ain't about. rock and roll. This is genocide, everybody. That's right. You are still listening to the. Uh, let's see. It is a David Bowie podcast of a certain popularity on the internet, on your phone, in your car, in your pocket, wherever you Bowie is. Where we explain the Bowie. I did it. It could be Texas. It could it could be Texas. It could be anywhere. Um, <laughs> David Bowie is not illegal yet in Texas. <laughs> Although, Wha- watch sure. out! Uh, Greg Abbott is working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do I know the name of the governor of Texas? Yeah. Well, um, uh, he's the governor certain- of Texas. He, he's yeah, not Elton yeah. John, right? Uh, he's not. Greg Abbott is not Elton John. I'm By the way, at a picture of him. I so. just want to say, whoever is out there thinking that they wish the tree would have finished the job, you should not think that. That's a terrible thing to think oh, about Greg Abbott and the a, tree hmm. that almost killed him. Oh, oh. well. So, R.I.P. Tree. <laughs> 
I, I, I feel hey, like the chair's back. Hey, I feel like um, that tree not finishing the job is uh, possibly proof that um, God either exists or does not exist. You're uh, whoever wants to. <laughs> Whichever I, way you want to go. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm a God guy. So I'm like, oh, yeah, OK. All right. See, I'm a not God guy, so I feel like this is possibly proof that we live in a cold, uncaring universe. <laughs> I love tru- that we can interpret it both ways. It truly is just random. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not illegal to say bad things about the governor of another state, right? Not, not right now. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe in the next few weeks. Okay. By the time this episode posts, it will be. All right. Well, Greg Abbott, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Libel. <laughs> Wait, slander? We're, uh, we're talking about it. Slander. I don't know. Libel well, is did, print. He did get hit by the tree and the tree didn't kill him, but that's why he's in the wheelchair. Ableism. That's what that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's, 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 it's Bowie explaining, folks. We're talking welcome. about David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the show where uh, I... Eric uh-huh. uh, learns about David Bowie albums and other David Bowie things and um, I, uh, rediscovers my love for music from the 60s and 70s and realizes that I have a giant gaping hole where David Bowie should be in my heart. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm not not going not gonna to take that low-hanging fruit, but thank you for serving that. <laughs> um I- <laughs> I'm gl- I respect you for not taking advantage of that statement. <laughs> One time. Uh, right. So we are now uh, at possibly. We're ironically, falling apart on episode four. This is this is what we were looking for, I think. Um, I think. <laughs> look, when you decided that you wanted to do a podcast with me, you knew. I feel like you knew that this was what was going to. It was Bowie or Huel Hauser. <laughs> And either way, this would have happened we could very that. quickly. <laughs> yes. uh, we are currently on The Man Who Sold the World. Um, and ironically, this might be the episode some people start with. So, welcome! Yay! I <laughs> uh, think I figured out how to get my Google Slides working. We'll find out. They're okay. ridiculous, but possibly less so. I spent a good chunk of today listen, listening to uh, T-Rex, so... Oh, nice. Get ready. Oh, I'm ready. We're going to learn all about dinosaurs. <laughs> Not enough to get ready for. <laughs> oh, that's a great slide. We got to... We... <laughs> oh, no. This gets worse the more I look at it. I know it does. We. <laughs> it's a picture of Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love in a heart with a pink... Pink uh, decorations and a heart. I I put the, you, the speakers on there um, because that's did you hard. find this image or make it. No, I found it. Okay, good. Somebody else made this horrible image. Yeah, it's it is a horrible image, and, and then it, you plussed it up. I I did because you yeah. know, uh, fan of Disney parks. That's what they do. Yes, um, plussing. So let's see. We're catching up with our fans. Uh, we did this last time. Which was so long ago. So much time has happened. I'm interested Eric. to hear, yeah. Eric, you've grown a beard. Oh, um uh, yes, see. I used to be I, I, <laughs> I wasn't able to grow a beard before, mm-hmm. but thanks to uh 
Uh, <laughs> thanks to Harness. <laughs> thanks to Harness and a deal with the devil. I now have a luscious beard. Ooh, it's like uh, one of these songs came to life. <laughs> I, I hope you didn't do all all that though. <laughs> no, no, just uh, okay. just just the beard. <laughs> okay, good. Um, the devil did some stuff. I was asleep. <laughs> Again, not going to touch the loading. I'm sorry. Uh, no, this is good. Uh, let's see. We have we don't have a whole lot from our people, and I think you'll notice it's the same people. Uh, this hey, is- I'm glad that they're interacting with us. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, these three people. So this is Jareth's girl. Uh, that's her. That was her username, and that's the username she's going by for this podcast. Um. I wonder how your friend will feel about daddies. I'm not going to explain it, but I did. We talked about it last time. Local style on a certain. I mean, there is no explanation other than I just found it funny. Oh, no. He's got a lot of. I have a lot of things to say about his vocal style on different tracks, including how he's clearly mimicking. No. um, (laughs) Yes. Other other folks. Yes. Yes. We'll get there. And it's delightful every time. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. Uh, I'm always more preoccupied with the potentially embarrassing or off-putting stuff. Um, let's see. The album version of the Superman, for instance, sounds so perform- performatively grating and cringy, especially oh. when you compare it to the Bowie at the Beeb take. Uh, you know how people say someone was singing in cursive? The Superman is what I imagine singing in a dialogue of Black Adder and Webbing's sounds. <laughs> what do you think? he was trying to accomplish with his performance. That's really interesting. I love that because, yeah, the Superman is very, it's a very interesting track and I'd love to learn more about it. Do you want to, do you want to get into that now or do you want to save that for when we get to the the track? uh, Timely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Milo's back. They say a contender for my favorite fucking Bowie album. I almost, I was like, oh, should I say You almost I like, didn't swear. Almost oh didn't, my. I didn't make the swears. Oh, oh, uh, oh. The one I have metal fans listen to when they say they didn't, they don't like Bowie's music. Okay. With, Width of a Circle is a fucking masterpiece. Savior Machine okay. is brilliant. Some yeah. of the most underrated lyrics of his career. Over the <laughs> Shane, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, uh, what, 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 yeah, open the dog. Yeah. Yes, open the dog. <laughs> open the dog. Open the dog, indeed. That, that's a, that's a, that's a good greeting for everybody. Open the dog to you, fine, kind, kind yeah. sir. <laughs> we'll start every episode from now on. Open, open the, the dog. dog. Open listeners. the dog, everybody. Uh, I mean, why doesn't this community spend more time talking about she shook me cold? I said prudes. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's quite the quite the song as we we'll get to. It, it is quite the song. When uh, I mom. Mom, I fucked a guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry to my actual mother who will probably that's, listen to this. That's fine. Uh, so, and then email. I think that was the name that he used on the website. So, I think we're okay using that name okay. as long as we don't have his last name in there. Uh, I still love, I still love that song. The closest Daddy ever got to sounding like Black Sabbath. Oh, that's I think fair. the band most wrote, wrote most of it, which I think is true. Okay. Uh, and yes, that's that's what. Oh, well, there's a there. lot of comments going on here. I love it. Yeah, we have a new we have a new uh, 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 contributor. Uh, email, email's a smart dude. 
He's Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick one of my dogs out of this room because they're like wrestling behind me. So okay, while you do that, we'll do a disclaimer from our lawyers once again. The Bowie Explaining Podcast delves into David Bowie's. Okay, hold on, Asher's coming back. David Bowie's what? Podcast delves into David Bowie's catalog. The law oh. offices of Asher, Michaela. And CJ hereby explicitly state that neither host possesses authoritative expertise, even though one of the hosts may or may not have impersonated David Bowie in fan forums. Mm-hmm. This is a claim we can neither confirm nor deny at this juncture. Listeners are cautioned that hosts may derive amusement from any errors, irritating dedicated fans. This podcast is purely for entertainment, not professional advice. Listeners must ensure compliance with local laws and seek approval from a health professional to engage in podcast listening without adverse health risks. Okay. By listening, oh. you release hosts from liabilities acknowledging oh. non-liability for any consequences arising from the content. Okay. Very Thank thorough. Thank you. He's wearing Enjoy a very responsibly. He's wearing a very large suit. Um so past show corrections, uh, like I said, we like to learn about things on this podcast. Here's I, I love the harmonium. I'm very upset we I didn't talk about the harmonium. Yeah. And today we're, we're going to learn how to play Guru Guru Wahe Guru on the harmonium. Uh, so everyone, a, get your classic, har- a classic childhood. Get your harmoniums ready. <laughs> we're learning how to play Guru Guru Wahe Guru. If you want to support the channel... That would be really amazing, and you can find the link to get the ready to work the bellows and also <laughs> yes. press buttons. To the original yeah, version, it's, of- it's basically like a, a a lap accordion. In case you're curious, <laughs> that's what it is. It's the weirdest <laughs> freaking instrument, other than the the uh, the mellow the 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 mellotron. Uh, are you familiar that a fire organ exists? Hold on. Here we go. Uh-oh. Now we're in. What was this the one part? we learned about last time? The Mellotron? Is that the Mellotron? What it's called? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm fire organ. Oh, no. There we go. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh, look at that. You've got the. <laughs> Here we go. This is what my mother used to play at church is a an organ that fires fire. <laughs> The Carol of the Bells, really? Yep. Where is pedals? You should be able to control more fire than that. You really should. Let's see if the uh, let's see if this one has pedals. It's probably the same one. Teens yeah, shouldn't be like able to harness that much fire. Oh, or I, I disagree. I think they oh. should. I think they should. They should be able more to fire for the teens. More fire. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Go back, go back, yeah, go back. Yeah, yeah. I want to see this epic, okay, like tower. I don't know that it's a fire. Might be playing an instrument. I don't think it's a fire organ, but we'll we'll see. No, if it was a fire organ, we would be seeing that shit right now. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, somebody disfigure part of his face and put a mask on it. <laughs> uh let's see uh let's let's play morgan what's this my dogs are not happy i separated them <laughs> oh i'm not gonna read subtitles uh, um, he said something about flams oh 
These are all fire organs. This this one has uh that dude's got a safety pin in his ear. That's too extreme for me. Yeah, and this guy it's it looks like it's uh more for show or anything. This is sponsored by Red Bull. I'm I'm out. Oh god. My heart can't handle I, I, it. In researching this, I saw an interview that Red the Red Bull sponsored with Brian Eno, which oh. will be funny when we get into who Brian Eno is in future episodes. Well, I like Brian Eno. Oh, good. And okay. I, it's just weird, right? To have this yeah. <laughs> the most extreme producer. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about on some faraway beach, dude, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> when uh, are we gonna get to the Bowie? Well, oh, we no, gotta get harmonium. through the. We gotta learn how to play this song in the harmonium. Of the song, or follow the channel's Facebook page. Nope. Okay. Uh, those of you playing along at home, the, <laughs> the chords are E. B minor, B minor, G, B minor, G, B minor, D, A, F sharp minor, okay, minor, got that one, okay. I'm not great at the F sharp minor. If you're, if you are driving, please, at the very least, pull over before you pull your harmonium out of your glove compartment, (laughs) and then. Oh, we're learning. If you and then if you feel like it's safe. To continue playing while you're driving, your that's, your that's lap your harmon your lap car harmonium. Yes. <laughs> harmonium is a weird instrument. It is an accordion that you don't have to hold in front of you or strap to yourself. That's yeah. basically it. It's it's. I like to think of it as an accordion that served in the war. <laughs> the war. Which yeah. war? I don't know. I don't know. Just something. Uh, it, but it does the have Texas little, war. It does. It does have little levers and whatnot. I said levers because we're talking about a British musician um, that like will hold drones and do like vibrato mm-hmm. and like it's, yeah. it's it's a fun little quirky instrument. Uh, featured in the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie Punch Drunk Love. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think I ever watched that one. Really? Yeah. I like that one. Adam Sandler just I don't know. It was one of his one of his more serious roles. His only serious role. Yeah. He's he's just such a good friend to his to his friends. That's what I hear. Uh all right. So here we go. I like friends. Uh, friends are good. Oh. Uh so oh, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Like I was saying in our in our text conversation, rather than me preaching to you. Let's just talk about things, and I have a menu of things that we can bring up if we need. Uh, well, yeah, as we were discussing in the last episode, uh, the hippie the, the the hippie bullshit was starting to wear thin. Yes, um, yes, on David. Yes, uh, yeah, and, and everybody, I, everybody was getting I, a little I, tired. I think of so, it. and I and and I think the last the previous episode I equated equated them to uh, crusty anarchists, which uh, we are dealing with in our current. Uh, world. I um, love them. Yeah, love love them. Yeah, it, it, it's it's. I think I we can I can summarize how I feel about a couple political ideologies by anarchists just don't like showers and libertarians don't like bedtime. Okay, um, that yeah. that's just kind of what it comes down to for me. But they um, all love liberty. 
Oh, well, man, who doesn't love liberty? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, there's just sort of uh, people at some point just get real tired of those dirty, dirty hippies. Um, And it was really only. Oh, Uh -oh. Oh, I can't believe I included this. Did you know that apparently the CIA used LSD to fight communism? (laughs) I've, I've heard about this. Yes. I actually, so I'm not a big conspiracy dude. Well, maybe I am by some people's estimation, but I don't consider myself one because um, I'm not an information hoarder, uh, regardless of what some of the podcasts <laughs> I've done might make you believe. Um, I actually, knowing a little bit about how the CIA likes to spoil leftist movements in various countries, I would not be surprised. <laughs> If the if some government organization was like, oh, they're talking about peace and love and freedom and happiness and equality and like we have this LS this yeah, jar we, of LSD that we, we need created to- <laughs> this this new thing that <laughs> will um they'll love it. Why don't we just say it's like brain <laughs> yoga? <laughs> Let's put a let, let's put a guy in um in uh leather pants yeah and a leather vest and nothing else and maybe <laughs> maybe a leather he- hairband and and say hey guys you want to <laughs> you, you want to lick this yeah and then you know you get to figure out if your mind control drug works and they all kind of just lose it everybody wins everybody you know (laughs) everybody wins uh thank god we got uh just for the record i love capitalism um so the i love boy explaining podcasts so so the no showering thing this is uh someone who i enjoy a son piker (laughs) (laughs) don't worry it's not it's it's in a it's in a version that you can tolerate. Okay. Right? Here we go. He's right. talking about he's talking about anarchists and taking a shower. The shower thing is exactly what it is. It's not a dog whistle. You need a shower, like physically clean your body. Anarchists, you need to take a shower. It has nothing to do with dog whistles. When an anarchist conceptualizes showers in the form of a Nazi dog whistle, they're like, What? He's asking me to take a shower? It must be a Nazi dog whistle. Cleanliness was sent to us by our oppressive rulers who want us to be sanitized so we can be docile. No, just smell good. (laughs) One of the most one of the most impressive and true things Hassan Abi has ever said. I agree. (laughs) Just we don't want to smell you. I know. I know there's natural People are natural. Humanity is an animal, but we have we can be better. Yeah, and I and that that's like my I, I I like philosophically I can get into like a lot of the things that the dirty hippies are were into, but like it just we don't need it's come on take a shower <laughs> that's it just take a shower that's that's literally all we're asking take a shower maybe be on time. Uh, show up for work we're paying you (laughs) to uh put ice cream into a cone for children you you dirty hippie um 
so anyway yeah the times they were changing i think someone might have written a song about it if they haven't they should um and just sort of a test case of the would change- you like me to break up my harmonium and and <laughs> replicate uh memory of a dirty hippie festival <laughs> from the previous show well that can be Oh God, we we should just and put we're together. Gonna have a party. Uh-huh. <laughs> we know enough people that we could put together just we a bunch should. of covers. We really just, need to do that. Really shitty. Covers. Everybody, just send us in your your <laughs> your cover of uh the 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 Sun Machine portion of the song "Memory of a yeah. Festival." Well, the thing is, and we need, we'll just make our we'll we'll just do it if we're gonna we'll do this. It. If we're going to do this realistically, we need first, we need a, cl- a click track. And then, mm, yeah, that can be sort of a starting point there. Um, but I'm all I'm all about about it. Um, Iman, please forgive us. I loved you in uh, the start, the original Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so that should count for something. Uh huh. Wait, she wasn't in. Was she in the original original? Like the the the, uh, the V'ger the, one? Yeah, it wasn't she. Wasn't she the one that? Okay, let me let me just back myself up. Iman Star. Oh, she Trek. was. Yes. What? No, she was in. Uh, oh, I'm uh, sorry. The search for a car. <laughs> search for a car. Right. That's she- oh gosh. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, that was Star Trek Six. I'm thinking of. Um, Oh no! Which oh oh, oh yeah, she was great in Star Trek Six, where uh, she had to like thinking of kiss Kirk in a very gross way. Ali, uh, Star Trek Star. the motion picture. Yeah, okay. we're, this is great. Everybody three. loves this. Now this is um, they do they really do. Mm-hmm. This uh, is a this is a podcast here. Who, this is how podcasts oh, work. Who is in it? Uh, model in um, Star Trek. The motion picture cast. Movie. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, Percy's Kambada. Hmm. Oh, that makes more sense because Iman has darker skin than Percy's Kambada. Huh. Yeah. She's a very should. white Indian, which. Um, Careful. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say one of one of my friends in in pharmacy school. Uh, like she, she's like, apparently, I have very fair skin, and uh, that makes me more attractive. I don't know. Huh. I don't understand this. Hmm. Funny how that um, is a thing. Um. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Amon, if you are listening, please, please, please give us the rights. We. We'll use them really responsibly, I promise. And um, and Mita, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> wait, wait. No, no, is... Mita's my friend. Oh, my sorry, friend not your friend. Alive. Your friend's not dead. Your friend's alive. <laughs> I thought you were just alive. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh no. Going we're gonna go back and say Persis, right. if you're <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sorry. And I'll cut I'll cut it. <laughs> Maybe. No, you won't. It's fine. <laughs> Mita would laugh would laugh at this. Okay, good. Nita, I'm sorry. I've known her for very many years. Nita, I'm sorry. 
everyone else listening who's angry at me. I'm talking about a person <laughs> that I know, and I'm re- explaining the things that she said to me. Half of our class was Indian. Uh, okay. uh, if you'd uh, you like know, to be a pharmacist, go to school. If you're if you're upset with what just happened, please send an email to Jason. <laughs> And uh, blind carbon copy BCC to David Bowie at teenagewildlife.net. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna move on. No, that was largely me. That was that was largely me. Like right. I know an Indian person. <laughs> yep. Here we go. So just as an example of things that were tons of times that were a change in as some might say uh we got altamont which kind of just like ruined oh gosh <laughs> ruined the, the anti-woodstock yeah yeah uh <laughs> I, I guess people who aren't familiar with that look it up it's a goddamn oh, nightmare man. it's a, <laughs> what it's more of a really it's more of a wreck than woodstock uh 2000 or whatever year they tried to redo it where well they didn't yeah. have any water Woodstock 2000 was definitely a disaster of the time. Like it's more like a, a what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, an indictment of the time that it took okay. place in. Okay, where it's just like, well, here's the, it's just just complete crass commercialism. Yeah, uh, and then it's just Altamont. It's just you got basically. Long story short. <laughs> they wanted to put together another festival and it, it was kind of a cash grab. The times again were a change in. Um and to change. Yeah. And they were like, you know, hey, let's uh let's let's put this together. How what can possibly go wrong? What if we, you know, have a stage that's like at a slope, but you know, the performers will be fine, they won't fall over. Uh and you know, we're like, uh Let's see where where can we put this? How about over here? No, how about over here? Uh, no, how about over here? And then finally, they're like, okay. We found a place, I think. And who should we get to do security? Well, Hell's Angels, of course, which, a, a well-known biker gang. Yes, yes, yes. Which now I understand are not necessarily the way they were before. So much. No, no, biker gangs are. I mean, there's been a change in the biker gang like mystique uh yeah they're they're more responsible people i have interacted with biker gangs before because uh my dad's a biker (laughs) and um yeah like they they don't want to be seen as a like violent culture um like in general but Mm -hmm. but yeah uh i think hiring a bunch of rough guys to uh, be security for a festival is probably not the best idea. Here's a, here's, I think this is a call in from one of the security people. Sonny. Yeah. Okay. What's up? I didn't go there to police. Nothing, man. I ain't no cop. I ain't never going to ever pretend to be a cop. 
And this Mick Jagger, like, put it all on the angels, man. Like, he used us for dupes, man. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, we were the biggest suckers for that idiot that I can ever see. And you know what? They told me if I could sit on the edge of the stage so nobody would climb over me, you know, I could drink beer until the show was over. And that's what I went there to do. But you know what? When they started messing over our bikes, they started it. I don't know if you think we pay $50 for them things or steal them or pay a lot for them or what. Ain't nobody going to kick my motorcycle. And they might think because they're in a crowd of 300,000 people that they can do it and get away with it. But when you're standing there looking at something that's your life and everything you got is invested in that thing and you love that thing better than you love anything in the world and you see a guy kick it, you know who he is. You're going to get him. And you know what? They got got. I am not no peace creep by any sense of the word. And you can call them people flower children and this and that. Some of them people was loaded on some drugs that it's just too bad we wasn't loaded on because they come running off the hill yelling, hey, you know, and jump on somebody. And it wasn't even always jumping on angels. But when they jumped on an angel, they got hurt. They got hurt. Yeah, you're... You're part of a crew that doesn't do drugs generally, and a bunch of drugged up hippies are attacking your your friend. And yeah, that's that's not a good recipe. Yeah, and just I mean, just applying what I know about some of these festivals now, it's especially at this point. I I would imagine again, I'm just applying I'm applying very little knowledge other than just like experiencing the world as I experience it currently. A lot of those people at that festival were probably like, I don't want to say literally trust fund kids, but you know, that type. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It happens that at some of these, uh, the, the, some, some concerts these days where people are like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm more here for the experience. Like now you should be there for the music. Right. If right. you're there for the music, okay. If you're there for the experience, then you're probably there for drug culture and whatever. And I think something similar is happening currently with like Burning Man, where like again, I can totally co-sign on the idea of what the thing is, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, it's just a bunch of rich, you know, crypto bros, oh, you know, wanting to just live out their like Mad Max weird fantasy dream thing without yeah. really having an understanding of like okay well that well, that was actually a cautionary tale <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> yeah i have no no uh, intention of ever going to something like that but yeah yeah anyway so we talked about uh, oh no before, bad tony's back. bad tony's here he's here he's here uh this is tony defreeze uh we'll talk about him a little bit more in detail as we go on but he is now on the board bad tony is here he's in david bowie's life he's he fighting asked, too hard on that cigar in this picture it that tells you a lot about the character i think once okay. again just to review we got bad tony this is good tony that's tony oh, visconti. visconti oh i love tony. kitty cat and then yeah. this is, that's bad tony good tony <laughs> okay. bad tony good tony Aww. bad tony okay so uh absolute piece of shit but he kind of had a thing. I think even the most critical people have said that he had a pretty good idea in terms of like rocketing to stardom, which was basically if you project success in stardom, 
and you know really play up the perceived weirdness of your character and who you are okay. uh people will have kind of no choice but to go like i think that person's already a star and maybe they don't i especially if you're coming from like the uk to america where it's like mm-hmm. i guess he's a star there so we should be paying attention right uh, more on that and at later. the time when they they don't have that internet where they're, right. they're less aware it's like hey there's a guy getting off a plane and look at that mm-hmm. yeah it, it's interesting that uh i mean it's a good strategy i suppose if you're not a piece of shit right and this guy was and so it worked, and he put the record company's money into projecting this image and took a solid 50% of everything off the top. 50%? And, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And well, that's but, a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> and Bowie would be stuck paying the bill, and I have, this is uh, Ken Scott talking about that. Ken Scott, by the way, we uh, engineer, yeah, producer for um, uh, upcoming albums, basically. Okay. To get into production, and so we spoke to the, we all, we spoke to the management and owners of of Trident Studios, and they said that's great. Well, we'll set up production companies for for each of you, which we'll look after. They basically became our managers, and each of us had our own company. It's just I I happened to break through faster than the others because of Mr. Bowie. But uh, no, we we all had the same kind of thing. Ziggy Stardust went number one. It did very well. I think number one. And but you didn't see a lot of money. And actually, from, uh, in this, Ken goes into a lot of the management and some problems with uh, music management. It's a little long, but it's, he he gets into some stuff that's, that I I think is interesting. With Bowie, no, not for well. I've never seen everything you should. I don't think any any artist or producer ever sees everything they should get because all of these damn record companies keep uh, two sets of books as far as I'm concerned. I have tried on numerous occasions to talk attorneys into filing a class action lawsuit against every major label out there Hmm. uh, because once, once an artist becomes successful, they will go in and they'll audit the record company's books. I have heard of many, many occasions when they've gone in and done that. And every single occasion, it has turned out that the accounts were in the record company's favor. Oh, we're sorry. That must have been a mistake. A mistake doesn't happen every single solitary time. Also, it always turns around that they will say, well, you've got to prove this. You'll have to sue us for it. The artist isn't going to go into court in court of law and try and get every penny so the record company says well we'll pay you half of what you say we owe you every single time they accept that and every single time they have to sign a non-disclosure contract that says they can't talk about it so the it it is so obvious to me after i've now been in the recording business for 50 49 and a half years it only took it's, that it only took that long yeah no, so yeah, I, I, but it wasn't some with David. It wasn't so much the record company as it was his manager, uh, Mr. Tony DeFries, who screwed everyone. He he wanted to be uh, the English Colonel Tom Parker. The way, the... oh no, mm-hmm. Elvis, think, think, that's a bad comparison. Probably, uh, 
He may even have passed Colonel Tom Parker. But just as an example, just to tell you what David was on for, for a while, uh, his original contract with, with Tony DeFries was, Tony DeFries took 50% of gross. David would do a tour. He would have to pay out of his own pocket all expenses for the tour. And that was after Tony DeFries had taken his 50% off the top. Watch out for deals like that, guys. Yeah, I remember one of the tours, it was uh, art, an artistic decision for him to go out there with just a light. Just, just the neon tubes, yeah. That was after he had actually got out of his deal. He'd won his lawsuit and got out of his deal with, with DeFries at that point. So that was going to be the first tour where he would actually start to make money. So he knew the stage show had to be as limited as possible. Yes, of course. <laughs> That's the Isolar tour, by the way. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, voice planning. Get ready, ready listeners. It'll come in uh, 17 months. <laughs> Actually, we're, we're making pretty good time. I'm pretty okay. proud of us. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so we got that douchebag. Um, huh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know what to say other than <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's he's gonna be with us for a little bit, and I I think if you ever listen to the song "Fame," I think that that's that there might be some of that in there. Oh, um, oh I love the song "Fame." Yeah, it's, it's uh, a song that I it, like. It's a song, and if you listen to it with all of that in mind, it's sort of like, oh, I, he gets it now. Um, uh, so kind of a you know how in Woody Allen. Uh, movies New York is the fifth character or the fifth Beatle or whatever. Um, uh, Haddon Hall comes into play here. Uh, this is a place that him and Angie found that became just like. It, 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 first of all, I had it's a huge house. Eric, how big is that house that you see on the screen? Um, it's it's approximately um, as large as. Uh, uh, seventeen bison. It, I, no, more than seventeen bison. Um, one hundred seventy bison. I <laughs> metric bison. <laughs> what what measurement scale are we going on here? It's 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 a, it's a pretty big fucking house, right? You it's got... uh it it's one hundred eighty lambs. Yeah, it, it's at least two room. stories, probably there are a seventeen basement. rooms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whole lot of windows uh so basically he him him and angie get married pretty quickly uh after he says you know i can never love you right and she's like okay (laughs) it's all right yeah whatever who could you have a guitar (laughs) i have to have a date to demand with a guitar she's a wonderful lady uh so uh they were really drawn to it because it was like this old victorian I, I love this house. This is this yeah. is my kind of house. Oh, oh yeah, right. It's it, you got like a weird like stained glass window kind of thing going on. Oh man, it looks very much like the kind of place that an eccentric old rich person would be like. I don't know. Build another wing. <laughs> <laughs> How about a stairwell that leads up to the third floor on the outside of the house? What if I want to take a stairway to the roof? <laughs> <laughs> that's what i need to meet santa claus how will i get the leaves out of the eaves 
Yes. Yeah, that's that's basically what that place is. Um, and from what I understand, the feeling was like it was because again, Bowie's still in the this this feeling of like, hey, I want to do the I actually want to do the hippie thing without doing the hippie thing. So if you're an <laughs> interesting person, hippie. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, okay, if you're an interesting person and you have interesting ideas and you like I if if we get along and we were kind of like working kind of in the same area and we could bounce ideas off each other, just live here, just live here and we'll just do stuff. But, um, but, but your, your wardrobe of androgynous dresses in, in the closets and we'll yeah, be fine. Absolutely. Um, so there was, there was, you know, some financial issues as people were kind of, uh, who's this DeFreeze guy, but you know, there's not, not a lot of go, not, there's not a lot of success going on. So for the most part, it's just like, Hey, let's, we're hanging out and, and this is cool. Um, All right. And I need to take an actual break because something is going on upstairs and I don't know what it is because it's only my dog. Oh, I, I think he might've started the Roomba upstairs and oh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so i'll be right back all right all right eric's gonna to go take a shit hi this is david bowie what do you think of when someone talks about the children of the poorest of the poor do you ever think of children from the inner city or american indian reservations save the children has been working hard for 50 years to improve the lives of american children too find out how they're helping your own and the world's children Write to me, David Bowie, in care of Save the Children, Westport, Connecticut, 06880. Well, while he's taking a shit, here's a video uh, suggested to me on my YouTube. This is Magpie Bird barking like a dog after being adopted by a staffy. Let's see. That's the magpie. That's the magpie. The dog's just kind of sitting there like, please don't do that. Ooh, Smart Marley Channel. Five surprising facts about koalas you never knew. Let's see. Hello, friends. Oh, it's an AI child. Hi, Marley, oh, your goodness. friendly guide to the wonderful world of koalas. Join me as we explore their fascinating lives and uncover some amazing facts about these cuddly marsupials. What are koalas? Koalas, also known as koala bears, are adorable creatures that live in the eucalyptus forests of Australia. They're not actually bears, but rather marsupials, which means they have pouches where they carry their babies. Koalas are known for their fluffy fur, big ears, and Wait. big black noses. Is this? It's an AI child. Like what? Wait, you're you're narrating a, a nature thing with an AI child? Mm-hmm. We live. We live I in hate a it. really. It's we. Th- I hate it. I I kind of. I'm kind of just waiting for uh, the singularity, and it's like yeah, the singularity. Let's just do it. They're saying it's going to happen in the 2030s, but I think it's going to happen next week. Bring it. I'm like, it's seriously, it's just like, all right. I mean, if it's going to happen anyway, let's just get it over with. (laughs) 
so um what what was happening upstairs um well it's happening again oh my goodness <laughs> more, more noise is happening i i don't know uh-huh. all uh, other than it seems like the dog has leapt onto the stove and is uh cleaning it with his tongue that's nice of him. It's not on, yeah. Is it? No, it's it's off. It's been off for a while. I, okay. I, I it's been like an hour since I cooked a thing on it. Mm-hmm. So hey, okay. No, we're gonna we're gonna have to disengage again for a sec. Okay. The Paul Dainty Corporation presents David Bowie's Glass Spider Tour. You. Step into the web. A magical rock masterpiece featuring Bowie's latest album. His classics. One night in Brisbane is not enough. Bowie plays a second show October 30. We are the sunshine of your life, Minute Maid. Minute made with calcium. Now orange juice is even more nutritious. We are the taste that starts your day. Minute made. Healthy bodies need calcium, and every glass has more calcium than a glass of milk. You can't buy a more nutritious orange juice. Minute made. Has your dog cooked anything? No. The okay. the stove has been locked and <laughs> was locked. So when they turn the dial, it just goes, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So getting back to the <laughs> the splaining. Yes, uh, Mick it, Ronson. We get we get Mick Ronson entering the picture here. Uh little Mick. Yeah. Here's 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 more about him. Mick had already played for a producer called Gus Dudgeon, so we heard about Gus Dudgeon, and uh, it was John Cambridge who mentioned that uh, Mick was in my band, The Rats. That's he played guy. with uh, another group called Junior's Eyes. They used to back David Bowie on some gigs, I think, for a short while. Well, he said, you've got to meet this guy, David Bowie, you know, I said, you should come down to London, you know. But then it came as a complete surprise that he was a gardener, and he wasn't... <laughs> music anymore so I, I came down to london and we were sitting uh, around this house i started playing some of my songs on a 12 string and he plugged in his gibson and even though he was playing at a very low volume i believe that is tom conti reading for david bowie i believe oh, okay okay gian grit cut through the room and he immediately established himself as a very well-defined player we had a John Peel show in two days to do, and it was just going to be John Cambridge, myself, and David. David was going to be on acoustic guitar, but there was some some electric guitar needed for the songs. Well, we was you know sitting around playing guitar, like sort of cross-legged on the floor and everything, you know. And I picked up the guitar and I just played along. When he played his first few notes and just was getting his tone out of his amplifier, David and I looked at each other and we went like silently, wow, like that. And he said, uh, oh, you, I've got a radio show to, to play this evening. And, and you, uh, will you come and play? You know? So I said, yeah, all right then. 
So with a couple of hours of rehearsal, Mick joined us. I didn't really know what was going on, so I kind of stood on his left side so I could watch his hands and watch where he was playing, you know. And so I, I didn't know any of the numbers really, so I, I kind of just watched him and kind of played through everything. And Been there. Of course, he passed, and he was then able to improvise around them pretty much immediately. The radio show sounded pretty good, considering how little rehearsal there'd been. You're going to be doing gigs with this. So that's Mick Ronson. Rano, as they call him. Oh, Rano. How advanced of a a skill is that, to be able to just, like, watch somebody's fingers and go, ah, that's the chords? It's, um, I mean, as a person who has done that myself, like literally today, (laughs) um, uh, it's, it's kind of advanced. It's not, it's not the most advanced, but yeah, it's, it's not easy to listen to somebody playing something and say, oh, wait, Okay, they're playing in this key. I gotta, I gotta mirror them, or I have to add something to what they're doing. That's a really interesting skill. Is is being able to say they're doing this. I have to add on to it, like we mm-hmm. were saying in the last episode at the beginning of Space Oddity, where the uh, the the opening chord is F minor seven on on Bowie's. Uh, 12 string and then it's it's added on to with an e an e major which is similar but just enough of a twist that it, it it adds so much um yeah it's not it's not the easiest thing <laughs> uh, that's a good question but but yeah i i i don't i i'm feeling weird because i I do that and mm-hmm. I did that today, literally, mm-hmm. but um, it's something that you have to do as a musician. You you have to figure out what everybody else is doing. And sometimes you have to look at what their fingers are doing, because if you don't have the ear for it, you ha- you at least can look at it and say, oh, that's where his fingers are. I can do that. Right. Yeah. Right. And a harmonium, you just look at what keys they're playing because it's like a keyboard. <laughs> right. Oh wait, he's not pumping the harmonium enough. So, uh, with Mick Ronson in tow, they were able to form a band called The Hype to Ooh. support uh, Bowie's sort of touring to promote uh, what's that album? Space Oddity. Um, also, well, it was then called Man of Words, Man of Music. Only or, one of these people in this image look like they're ready to uh, promote a Space Oddity. Yes, and it's not maybe two, (laughs) maybe two. Yeah. Uh, So the hype they they decided, hey, what if we let let's make these characters, and because that's something that was kind of happening or something that was just kind of in the air at the time. So uh, David Bowie was a space star or Rainbow Man, and he was uh, Mm -hmm. kind of. On oddly enough, the last thought when it came to the costume, this is all just shit that he had laying around anyway. Mick Ronson was gangster man, <laughs> as you can see, he's dressed up as a gangster. Uh-huh. Uh, Tony Visconti was hype man. 
Uh, and there he is, dressed <laughs> up as a hype man with a big H on his chest. Mm. And John Cambridge, I think, was a cowboy man, dressed up as a cowboy right there. See him, see him play that cowboy? Well, well, Mick looks like he's ready for space, or at well, least a superhuman adventure. Oh yeah, he's ready to yeah. he's ready to rough up some people. Um and then later Mick Woodmancy uh or Woody Woodmancy Woody. replaces Woody, Woody Woodmancy. Yeah. What a yeah. great name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can never remember if he's the one with the sideburns or not. Um Hey, hey you wanna do you, do you have Shanine up in the corner there? Yeah, Janine's up there. She's ready. Do you want to hear no, them? No, her name is Janine. Janine, yes. Would you like to hear them play Janine? Let's hear them play Janine. It's not on Spotify, so we're safe. Wait, that's not what I wanted. That's an occasional dream. Asher, get your shit together. Oh, this one we can actually listen to. Oh, okay. So not a huge difference, but oh, a little, yeah. a little, just a little sprinkling a little, little more rock on there. Uh, all right, we got his influences at the time. Got so many videos, and we've done a lot of distractions so far. Oh, Nietzsche! I don't know that we need to get so into much, all of these. So many supermen. <laughs> and again, I just want to make it clear that in no way does this go in a bad direction later on when he starts taking. He starts doing so much cocaine. <laughs> So uh, when are we going to get to the album? That's a good question, listener yeah, and Eric. Uh, let's just let's just go straight to it. We've we've fucked around a lot. Uh, these are things that we can come back to. Basically, we uh, we're looking at <laughs> Nietzsche. We're looking at some Velvet Underground shit. We're looking at some Aleister Crowley. All this stuff can come back with Hunky Dory because Hunky Dory is basically the. Um, it's kind of the reference album. It's kind of the, uh, these are all the people I'm listening to and inspired by. Oh, album. okay. So all we right. Can, we can hit that then. Good to know. Uh, we got on the production for this album, so many people. We got Mick Ronson. We got uh, David Bowie. We got Tony Visconti on bass. We got Ralph Mace, whoever the fuck that is. Rick, Mick Woody Woodmancy on drums he also played the gyro what's the gyro here we go uh, short video i don't know let's find out it's that it's the rocking chair sound it's a yeah ceramic jar with ridges yeah okay that's that is. uh so uh first time playing in a big studio Oh, and he's he's responsible for the uh, timpanis in the Superman. Oh yes. That song we'll is there. definitely we'll it's there, on me. I it's love on me. that song. Is so wild. I love it. Uh, so yeah, and uh, I think the only note I have here that I wanted to mention is that Rano. Uh, 
encourage Tony Visconti to play bass like Jack Bruce from Cream. Okay. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if anyone can hear. I, I when I li- I'm not going to play the video, but when I did listen to some Jack Bruce, um, you know, playing his bass, just just playing his bass, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. No, no, yeah, he he's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, let's see. Do we want to just get straight to this, or do you see anything on there you want to talk about? Uh, album production. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, okay, okay. Uh, frustration, but by his defense. Okay, This is great audio. Um, uh, this this supports a lot of the things that I was thinking. Which it it this feels like a jam album where they yeah. basically just jammed out and went. Let's write a song based on the thing that we did over the last half hour. <laughs> totally, and and I don't think. When I learned initially that David Bowie's involvement in this album was kind of minimal, I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> David, uh, write some words. Uh, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, he was. He, Janine. No, that yeah, was the last no, one. Other one. Okay. Other one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was kind of in John Lennon mode for this one. <laughs> That's a joke from Danny hates the Beatles. Uh so our uh, Wait, Danny hates the Beatles? It's a, I'm joking. I love them. Um it's just a character. It's a, that's my favorite thing. It's one of my favorite things to say whenever anyone's upset on <laughs> any of the podcasts. It's like I'm playing a character. I actually love the Beatles very much. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> I do love the Beatles, listener. I know. I he's, love he's... the Beatles and Dan hates me for it. No, I love you, but I hate the Beatles. Um so this was originally titled Metropolist, uh, because it was a play huh. on words that it was his yeah, I guess he was talking to somebody about the music on uh, the songs on the album, and he would very he would like delight with pure delight. He would say it's my troubledest, <laughs> and so it's like I'll call it metrobolist. Author of the laughing. There's so many drugs. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, here's the artwork that we are all familiar with. We are looking at it right now. Uh, Eric, have you noticed what he's doing with his finger right here? Have you noticed what he's doing to us? Uh, well, he's holding right he's holding a card with his middle finger. He's he's showing us he's showing us the bad finger. He's oh he's oh. telling us he's saying he's telling us what we could do. Well, it, it, you know it's interesting in the uh, the Apple album the 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 re release with the uh, the the better audio. Uh, they have animated cards falling down, which is <laughs> which is a little bit too that's, much. That's a bit. That's a bit much. It's a bit much. Oh, hey, oh, the alternate. So, this is yeah. the uh, the single. I've seen this. Well, because well, actually, this was the uh, we're looking at the alternate release. This was for the American audience because America sees that like no, thank you. A or, man or, wearing a dress looking or rather it's more something along the lines of like, oh, what a lovely lady. David, but no, thank you. <laughs> this might be this might be why my father wasn't a David Bowie fan. 
this might Sorry, be why s- this might be why some people are not Bowie fans. If we're being really honest, I I, I listen to so much seventies music, like so much classic rock in this from this time period, like uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and and King Crimson, and all of these things are things that I I heard on the radio and heard from my dad, like Dire Straits, it, it, and it's like. Why was David Bowie missing from all of this? Honestly, I think, and, and I, I'm not trying to, I've never met your dad. I'm sure he's a lovely person. But, I, you know, I, Bowie I've, is alt rock for this time. That's true. That's my take on it. Yeah. It's but, nothing against dad. Yeah. It, right. It's like he was, he was different. He was different. And I, I also get the impression a little bit, and this is applying some of just like, you know, I I lived I lived through the eighties and the nineties, and I basically I watched the world go from like openly homophobic to um, closeted homophobic at the very least, <laughs> or at the you know like where at least now we live in a world where like we know not to be openly hateful, and you, you know <laughs> like I mean. At, at the least and 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 i i feel like a lot of uh progress has been made generally not enough but you know leaps and bounds from like this period at least yeah at um, least at, at least it's not a completely deviant thing right right well in some states they're working on it but um i think i really do think that there's something to be said for bowie's lack of mainstream popularity to being like i'm not trying to be like a woke scold here or anything because he was an alternative person regardless of all this other stuff i think i think that the sort of like uh ain't that the gay guy you know i think there 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 was probably a hint at the very least of did he come out as like openly gay or at least openly bisexual he was around openly this bisexual. time? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, he said that he was gay, but he was married to a lady and okay. they were both very, very much sleeping around with a lot of just everybody. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> all everybody had a shot at David if, Bowie. If you have a thing to do a thing with, they were into it. Um, so yeah, I, I I feel like there's probably some amount of homophobia that kept kept several people who would otherwise be into this music away from it. Yeah, and that's not yeah, to, particularly that, yeah in America. Yeah, and that's that's not to point a finger at them necessarily. No, it's more no. to point a finger at the the world at the time and the culture right. and all of that. Right. So. Um, so here we have the, the American version, it's, uh, this cover is wild. It's, it's great. You got, a the <laughs> building in the back. We, so to describe it to the listener who hasn't seen it, which I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't, um, you got to do just a regular old, like, like, uh, middle America kind of guy, uh, like the Marvel. No, it's Man. like a, it's, it's John Wayne wearing a popped. Yeah. A popped collar with a cowboy hat that's disintegrating into the air. <laughs> I like to think of it as like the Marlboro Man's uncle. Like, <laughs> hey, I also endorse things. Listen to this 
Listen to this damn album. <laughs> uh, the building behind him is supposedly a famous mental asylum that was in Bowie's neighborhood that apparently some members of his family spent some time in. Right. And originally uh, there's a, there's a speech bubble and it's originally said, roll up your sleeves, take a look at your arms. Uh, And Mercury records did not like that. (laughs) So I I think it's, it's even better with a blank speech bubble. I completely agree. I I, I think this cover is awesome. (laughs) I want this. I want this record. Yeah, I want yeah. it. <laughs> it it's it, they they definitely did a good job there. Uh releases that came out afterwards. We got come on, there we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, good yep. slides. All right. So we have Ooh. we have this one after Bowie becomes famous with with Zig Zig Ziggers with the with the Zig, uh, st- stir stir stamp. <laughs> when he became when he released the comic strip uh Ziggy. Um and we got this other one that's a German re-release. It's I don't all like that. Fucked up. I don't like that. But wouldn't you think Germans would like that? <laughs> I've met several Germans, and sure, they would love I, it. I feel like they'd love it. And Good then, marketing. Oh, here it comes. Oh, oh, it's coming down. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Disc. This is the first release where they actually have some bonus tracks that are worth uh paying attention to we won't because iman hasn't given us the rights yet um frightening lightning iman please call us (laughs) call us back oh the phone's ringing just kidding uh frightening lightning um holy holy we might i might share that with you uh, okay after we're recording i don't know either of those so yeah or or if how about this If, if you're interested i would recommend of these, I think Holy Holy is rather fun. And it's, it's only um, two minutes and 20 seconds. G- go into it, listener. I'm not allowed until we get to there. Well, I mean, hold on. Maybe Asher's... I'm trying to stick to the rules here. You know, whatever. I'm whatever trying to. I'm, I'm trying to be explaining at me. I'm trying to be good here. I'm trying to also trying to reduce the amount of <laughs> editing I have to do. But uh yeah, that let's make that an extracurricular thing. Okay. Um, yeah, let's. Yeah, we're good. Let's keep going. All Ooh, right, tracks. Here we, here we <laughs> we're go. Finally, at the album. Yay! The album begins with "Width of a Circle." Eric, uh, your thoughts? It's got a very seventies intro with its fade in and everything, but oh man that bass <laughs> oh, that yeah. bass oh yes oh <laughs> I, i'm a bass player and i listen to it and i go yeah i can't i can't do it i can't do it yeah. that's it's like epic i remember um, i remember the first time so this was one of the uh, my relationship with guitars and hard rock has been difficult for the most part it took it took mm-hmm. me some time to get there because i was really a, a synth dude and so um and it took me basically listening to i think it was after listening to heroes which is a also a it's not this kind of guitar heavy but it's guitar yeah. heavy. okay yeah the album and i was like okay if i can make it through that 
I think, okay, I trust what this person can do with stuff that, that to my sensibilities at the time felt harder. So I press play on this track. I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of a station station thing going on here. That's kind of cool. You'll know what that means later. Um, and then once the bass hits, I'm just like, okay, I want to live here. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's such a great song. It really is. Um, it, it's so 70s. It's so trippy. He's conversing with himself as a monster. Uh, the monster was me. But then the, he goes on, like the next two verses are him talking to himself and commenting on how he's talking to himself. And he's uh, referencing uh, Khalil Gibran. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing the 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 prophet was having a surge in sales recently, and uh... <laughs> I think it was. And I, but I think um, the for me, it's uh, crawled cried for cried for the all the wow. Okay, it's not lack of memory; it's lack of being able to process speech right mm-hmm. now. I cried for all the others when the day was merely through because I realized that God's a young man too. Which oh is yeah, af- which is after uh, a, a bird or something says squawked insane and uh, said Khalil Gibran. Yeah. And the prophet, if I remember correctly, because I'm very well read. Um, <laughs> Dan's read I a can, book. I can barely read. Hey, uh, I um, It's basically like he uh, Gibran took and I'm only engaging with this because this is kind of what I think he wanted us to do with this song. Um, Khalil Gibran took all of the like prophet myths from all of these other, all these various religions yeah, yeah, and kind of said like, okay, this is kind of how it works. And it all comes down to somebody who is, you know, young of a, really of a certain age, early thirties, late 20s. Yeah, engaging with this book that had been out for at at that point decades. Yeah. Um but but yeah, like the prophet has had like these surges in pop- popularity like every few decades for a long time. And and yeah, like Khalil Gibran was was a was a a major poet and and yeah like he brought up these ideas that people latched onto for years on and off again and uh yeah why not why not in the 70s when you're looking for something to engage with when you want something other than what's mainstream right and i i think i think where at least for me and i it it's pretty clear that this song isn't meant to be interpreted in a way that we're supposed to understand what he's trying to say. So mm-hmm. it, my, I guess my Rorschach test version of this is it's sort of like uh, he's recognizing that all of it is kind of bullshit, but at the, but not in like a nihilistic way in a way that's sort of like, um, Oh, it, it really is just that simple. Like this, mm-hmm. this is, this is how this can all be this, this this really can be um, just oh so that's the world is just like this big confusing illusion and once you're able to see that mm-hmm. then you can kind of just you know 
have sex with the devil. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have sex with the devil or just some random guy. It's fine. It could just be some random guy that you now label as the devil. Um it's another it's pretty clearly the devil. <laughs> so. he, he keeps saying the devil, but maybe he's just a guy who like uh, fucked him up. I don't know. Maybe. Um but yeah, it's it's a it's a solid three act song. Mm-hmm. Like we had with Space Oddity, where there are there are different different things going on, and I really love the in the third act the the turn it around, go back. Yes, like, yes. Oh, I I, <laughs> I love when he's got his backup guys. Yeah, I, yeah. It it's so much fun. It it's it's so of its time. But well, and and I <laughs> re-listening to this for the third time recently when we get to that part. And we get to the the solo part, and you hear Bowie. I would imagine it's Bowie in the background, going, "Ah, <laughs> ah!" <laughs> You're right. Like is that uh, supposed to be the devil, <laughs> uh, or it's just him going, ah, "I got fucked by the devil." <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And and another, I think, delightful reveal, especially. For me, the first time listening to this, and every time I get back to it, I'm just like, oh, this is so great. Uh, I don't I think I don't so I don't think I don't think enough people appreciate Bo. I mean, he would he would do such such serious, and I mean serious with a capital S, like serious music. But he had such an amazing sense of humor and play that when we get to a certain point in the song, it's just like. Oh, okay. This is just they're they're just fucking with us now. <laughs> right, right. Like, <laughs> oh man, and it's it, it's such a long song to yeah. that, like kick off an album. Uh huh. But but yeah, yeah. It it's you're right. It's playful. It and every every chunk just adds on to the next one. I I really like it. Yeah, I like it so much. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm going to try not to do this very much because I don't like when people do this, but I am genuinely curious. Is this the kind of thing that you would expect from that you would have expected from David Bowie before doing this? This is the kind of thing I would have expected from a band in the 70s. Okay. Now, 1970 feels a little early. Mm-hmm. For this kind of mm-hmm. uh, fuckery, um, I but but yeah, I I'm totally in. Like the way they did everything was so. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the The lyrics are great. the The musicality is great. My dog is climbing on my shoulder. That's great. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, this this song is. It's a it's a warning to the rest of the 70s saying <laughs> we're going to do this differently. OK, mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sick of the hippie shit. We're going to do something else. That's what it feels like to me. It's yeah. it's a it's a warning. Well, and, I don't know if that's reading too much into it, but yeah. 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 And I, I think like as as a Bowie fan, I think I can also say that this is a. I'm not saying this for Bowie fans. I'm saying this as my version of a Bowie fan. I think this one also serves as almost a warning of like, we're going to kind of like, we're going to be something, we're going to do something. We're going to come up with something so completely ridiculous 
but we're going to take it very seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to do it right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The lyrics are are just so detailed. Like, if you just listen to the music, sure, it's a great song. But when you get into the lyrics, you're like, okay, he's doing something here. <laughs> He sure is. He sure is. <laughs> He's doing the devil. <laughs> and, I don't know. And the music, the music that comes in, it almost makes you picture it. It's so wonderful. <laughs> oh man, I this song is so great. It it's like, oh, I I mean, yeah. I don't know. I tried to find an animated video of Width of a Circle. Because I thought, surely, surely it exists. Internet, you're not doing your job. Oh, (laughs) damn you, Internet. Of all all the things that you can make an animated version. All the fan art you could imagine. (laughs) I'm I'm upset by the fan art that you have on the page (laughs) right now. Yep. (laughs) It's upsetting. But yeah, yeah it, like it is. he's 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 getting into so many things, and that's compelling. And I really, I really, really vibe with him. Like because it's got it's got the acoustic guitar that I love. I love the twelve string, mm-hmm. as I said in the last episode. And we've got some great guitar solos. We've got uh, some cool vocals. We've got some weird things going on. Uh, yeah, at. This song is fantastic. I'm Wonderful. In. Wonderful. I'm in. <laughs>